This is Jeff Chrisman, and I'm here today at the Art Hall on 23rd Street in Uptown, Oklahoma City. Uh, I have a special guest here today. Justin Clark is here with me, actually doing video with uh, Visionary Status, actually talking to the artist Vaughn Geese. Vaughn, thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. I have to say, there's uh, not that this interview is about me, but I have to tell you that when I first walked in here, before Helen had actually put up the cards and the inter information about the artists, I have to tell you, this is the first time in my life that and when I saw your work, I didn't know who had created it, didn't know anything about them, and especially the couple, and then also the ride, which I think we have that in focus, I believe. That's right there. Yeah, and I was going to tell you that for, this is the first experience I've ever had where I, when I looked at it, I felt like I understood something intuitionally, but I've always been one to kind of discount or not really pay a lot of attention to the names of art pieces. And when I came back in here the second time and Helen had already put up the cards and I saw the names of these, these pieces, it actually, for the first time, the name, and there again, I, this is just an interesting experience in that the name really meant something to me. Sure. And, it, and, and I felt like I had a, even a deeper understanding as, as to what this meant. So I wanted to really thank you to, for being able to have that experience and, and really, appreciate the, really appreciate this work. Uh, what I thought I might do is start out by, and one of the things that really why I reached out to you uh, is the quality of this work in terms of the acrylic. I've seen, you know, numerous types of acrylic pieces, but I thought it'd be really interesting to hear from you just, you know, how your process is different and really what this means to you at a deeper sure. level. Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate you saying all that. Like, that's kind of more or less, even more than monetary means more that, that somebody understands me on that basis than just, like, appreciates it and wants to buy it or whatever, which I want them to buy it too, so don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so... But, um, yeah, I mean, the, the process, like, I don't know when it really started, I saw things like you saw ladies doing the pores, and it was interesting and how the colors and the depth would develop. Um, but then again, I didn't want to just do what everybody else was doing. And so I just kind of started inventing and playing with it and just not really caring. Like, it wasn't even about showing it. It was just about doing it and getting it out there so I I mean I watched videos and really studied how to do it for I would say two years before I even touched and bought some paint so and I've been doing art since I was a kid but nothing like anything like this um, so um, other than that like I mean just I take influences from other artists that I've liked over the years and I really like the contemporary stuff nowadays and again I don't think it really was in my face when I was a kid, so what was I liked, which was more Renaissance and that kind of traditional art. Um, I was never as good as them, so. Um, but yeah, like, my first pieces were more traditional pours, um, but then I still would add an element of splatter or just, I mean, whatever I, I, if I thought something was like a void or whatever, I would just add something else and again, I didn't like wasting stuff, so like if I had just extra paint in the cup, like might as well throw it on there and see what happens. <laughs> so that's that's where the the one that's not in pan, but the like my second piece that I ever did, which is the darker blue on on the end over there, like that was the second piece I ever did. But then the first one is crazy that my mother has actually. Um, those are from the same two color families, but the original one it was like 15 multiple colors in there and that thing looks almost just blue and black and gray but it's all those same colors are in there so the, how these things 
do what they do. It's just that's what intrigued me too. Is like just where where did it come from or how did it morph from one to the other? So, um, and as I've developed it, and then again, I, I don't like wasting paint, so the pour offs create a lot of waste, and I luckily the first few times did it on just some plastic sheeting and it allowed me to peel off large chunks of what I call scabs of the acrylic and then I reinstitute them into the other paintings and then what's beautiful about this material is it bonds with it if it's wet it'll bond and even if it's not su like super wet it'll still within a few days it'll still stick to itself hmm. so like you have a little bit of time to figure it out but sometimes I just do it when I do it again see if I see a void and I've had, like, I might have peeled that off my table a week or a month ago and then just finally get to use it once. Or not once, but just finally use it into something. So it's not normally, like, after I do one, I do the next one, do the next one, do the next one, and just eventually where I feel that piece should go. So. Um, and then, then I just started adding the sculptural elements and some of my newer works and things like that. Again, it just... When I see something, it just makes me feel something or do something, and then I, I do it. <laughs> yeah. So if I understand, do you have kind of, I don't know if the, the word collection is the right term, but I mean, so do you have like a, a number of these, uh, when you talk about the pour-off and then you peel those, I mean, do you essentially have like a kind of a collection of those that you just have around? Sort of, kind of. I mean, half my house is basically just like a makeshift paint studio. Like, cause I, I started doing it when it was colder outside, I didn't want to do it in the garage. So my living room, my dining room table, my kitchen island, like I just lay plastic out and prop it up like you're supposed to and just kind of make a mess. <laughs> <laughs> so, and yeah, I, I, like if I see pieces or scabs or whatever that I like, I'll go ahead and peel them off in advance and then I'll put them somewhere and they'll just kind of chill out. And so, because if you, you can't jump them up, if you do, they'll just, they'll be smashed together. So you kind of have to leave them laid out. And, oh, okay. So, um, and then eventually they get a little harder over time. So then it's not as bad, but, and it really, and sometimes I use them as just even a textural element. They'll be underneath the paint, so not necessarily the color comes out, but just the actual shape of it. Um, so. But you always, if I understand you correctly, you don't necessarily have a plan for those pieces. It's I don't just, have a plan for any of these, man. Like these, yeah. totally, they just kind of come as they come. I mean, this one is probably the only one just because the plan was it was a face, but then how everything else went is just how it went. So. And, and I was going to mention too. One of the things that really drew me into this is while and while I love the the outward facing, the sculptural element of it. What I found myself standing here is almost like I was trying to kind of crawl into the canvas. It's mm -hmm. like I wanted to really see somehow. I mean, I was enjoying the the what you know the sculpture itself, but I can't, it, it's almost like it, I feel like it draw it drew me in more, where I was really also paying attention and wondering even like what you know what does it look like behind the areas in the sculpture that are covered up and. Yeah, I mean, the idea behind that piece is literally it's it's me, like oh. just like a facsimile of me um, in like a very tumultuous time in my life. Um, but like, again, a, a crazy scab that came out of nowhere is a huge piece, which ended up being the hair of me like across the top of it. It's just a big oh. scab that runs off of the top of it. Interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I was just the, when I saw it, like again, the, the foam that I used for it, I was just, they came out of a box that I got some speakers out of, and I am sitting on the counter, 
and I was just going to use it to prop up a canvas to do some work on top of. And I guess the way I had them stacked is that's how I saw that face. I just saw that it kind of looks like something, and so then I just kind of built it by layers. I started with the bottom of the canvas, and then then went to the body of the face, and then added the glasses, and then did them kind of separately, but then together. So, because then like some of the pour off of the glasses actually like poured down into the mouth of the character, and so then that was like like the back of his throat. Like it just it just happened. Like mm. I didn't. It wasn't planned. I just started having like well that worked. No. <laughs> sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want to put you on the spot necessarily. Is there, is there anything that you would speak to about this time in your life maybe that, that informs this piece or what, what, what mean, a viewer might see? I mean, I, when I lived in St. Louis, like I originally was there working for the fam- my family's business and then I've, I've always been in, involved in music and I quit my main job at Amini's and went to do that full time and I mean it was a again it was like some of the best times of my life and then also just some of the worst things that happened to me um like I was with a major artist and managing him on the road and we were on tour with a really major artist and then things just fell apart like he stopped working hard and then our money went away and his dad went away and just stuff it just was crazy. I, I lost pretty much everything, and that's what brought me back to Oklahoma because I had to rely back on, like, luckily I had to have a good family, and they, you know, at 31 years old, you never want to think of yourself as having to start over, like, from scratch again after working so hard to get at a different place in my life, like, just business-wise or whatever. I was doing well and then trust the wrong people when you get blindsided and whatever so that's about as much as I can talk about that yeah yeah it's uh because I, I definitely I, I definitely feel like I see emotion there I mean there's de- there's definitely a lot of feeling there's a lot of emotion in that and yeah <laughs> there's a lot of emotion in that for sure yeah did, did you did you find that somewhat therapeutic when you uh and I mean as far as time wise when you created that was that was that sometime after this happened or yeah I mean again this was like these pieces come from really just this year and that happened and like five years ago or so, four, four or five years ago. I mean, over over the last three or four years, but from then. So. But um, and then some of the others are. I mean, this one's kind of in, in a similar stake as that one. Um, this one's called the hands of giving. So mm-hmm. there's like the giving and giving until you don't have anything left to give. So and somehow I'm still giving, but whatever. Yeah. And I would ask you too, I guess, you know, after, uh, you know, being on the other side of this time in your life, if I could ask you maybe at a deeper level, you know, how, you know, how you see yourself in terms of, do you feel like you, when you look at yourself, do you see a different, you know, how do you see yourself differently or how, how this has affected I you mean, in some way? Yeah, definitely all of the above. I mean, it has affected me in a good way and bad way. I mean, you're obviously going to have some anger from things like that that happen. Um, but you, like, I see what happened to me, and even though it was terrible, the things that happened to the other, I mean, they got, not the worst in the deal, but, like, because of their actions, they're not in any better place than I, than they were then. So, I feel like working hard and keep doing what I'm doing, just keep at it, is, is where it is. Like, that's where, 
I think that's where everybody should be, and like it's just in that game. And I'm just talking about like the music world. It's all about getting over on people, and like, and that stems from back in the day. But it shouldn't be like that. I mean, if they have, if you see something, somebody don't don't like blow smoke and then take advantage. Like that's just what people do, and like that kind of part of the, the music industry needs to stop. So, um, if everybody just works together and works hard together and knows you're on the same common goal, and regardless of what you're doing, like, that's what it should be about, not how can I screw over the guy I'm telling is my brother, and I wouldn't do that to my, like, my enemy type of thing, so... Yeah, yeah, it's, and I would ask you too, I guess, just how, how doing this work, this artistic work, you know, is, is that in some way helped you process some of these things? And That and just obviously, like, it's, it's therapeutic and cathartic, it's just a therapy, like, because sometimes you want to just, like, break something. So instead of breaking something, I'm making something. Yeah, so. yeah. And I was going to ask you too, I think you had mentioned, I'm not sure if I'm mistaken on this, that there, is there one of the scabs actually from your first piece? On yeah. this one here, I believe that we've got that here in, in, in focus. Yeah, and this one right here. So this is one of the, probably one of the first scabs that I did into incorporate into a piece. But yeah, this big chunk here came from the very first piece that I did. Because, again, it was the first one, and I poured out way too much paint on a very small canvas. <laughs> and so I just created a ton of waste. So I was like, well, that kind of sucks. <laughs> but then the next day I looked at it and I was like, well, that's just as pretty as what it is on the canvas. So I was like, well, maybe I can figure out a way to reuse it. So like this one, when I did it, one of the colors that I did the pour, it started out more colorful up here, but as it came down here, it just got really bland. So then that's why I instituted that into that part. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I don't think it would have been as impactful because it would just look like just this kind of green color. But up at the top, it had all that orange and green and yellow and stuff, but it just didn't make its way down that part. But again, you just never know how this stuff works. Yeah, and I just I find it incredibly interesting that you have the ability to take something from another piece that you've created and, and maybe it, you didn't necessarily need it. You know, it was something that was excess or as you call it, or as, you, as you say, it's a pour off, if I, if I understand that term mm -hmm. correctly. But then suddenly it finds its way, you know, without you necessarily consciously thinking. I guess it sounds like you just sort of feel your way into that. Mm -hmm. But the idea that you have one piece of your work that is actually has a connection to a prior piece, is, right. uh, I just find that really interesting. Well, and again, that, that, that I don't know if it's uh, just part of the but I like to feel like all my pieces are connected in some way because they're emotionally connected. So it's me. So everything I feel is connected. So yeah. And then do you do you find yourself in some cases when you look at this work? Can that kind of take you back to a certain time? Oh, in I mean, your I life? still like like I I know what these pieces are about. So when I see them, I know what it feels like. Well, I feel the feeling again. So same thing like when you said when you walked in and it wasn't they weren't named, but it made you feel something. And then when it got named, you're like. I feel what he was feeling like, yeah. by looking at that. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I would say ultimately that's what any artist would want is somebody to feel connected to them, musician-wise, artist-wise, whatever, writer-wise, any, any anybody who uses feelings and thought, they want somebody else to feel what they felt at least. Oh yeah, yeah. And that's, have you? Had, and I was curious too, as far as have you had any any, any interesting comments or anyone that's, that's asked any, you know, really insightful questions in terms of after after they have seen these works. Um, I mean, mostly just kind of what you feel like they've 
like I see it, I haven't seen it before. I mean, I, again, I don't know well enough to know if this is something new in this type of art or not. Like, I haven't. My term is, I mean, Helen's like, what's that mean? And so, assumably, she's very astute in, in art. <laughs> um, so, if she hasn't heard of it before, maybe it hasn't been done before. Um, so, I don't know. I don't, I'm not saying I'm an innovator, but like, I would like to be. Yeah. So, yeah. And I and I have other interests in all kinds of things. I'm, I don't know, I'm. Since I was in high school, like my teachers would be like, "You're A B personality. Like you have both. You can do business and you can do this stuff." So, because I mean, I've always just done those things. Like I can pretty much build anything. I'm a fabricator, but I've done retail sales for 15 years. So, business side of things, buying and selling and whatever. So it's just. I mean, I don't want any, I don't need any constrictions on what I want to do, so I just want to do almost everything. Um, so yeah, so I have the interest in doing the art, but that, again, that was just for fun, and uh, I'm glad people like it. Yeah. So, and then hopefully anything else in the future that I do that people will like as well. So, I know here in Oklahoma they will, because about to be having some really good product. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I was going to ask you, just to get to know you a little bit better. It would be interesting, you know, to the extent that you're comfortable sharing, maybe, you know, talking just a little bit about your other interests and some sure. of the other things that you do to really kind of, you know, understand the whole person. Well, I mean, obviously, like, a big boom here in Oklahoma, which, I mean, I've seen it. I mean, I've been a very big fan of marijuana my entire life. <laughs> and I'm glad that, like, a lot of people's minds are getting changed about really what it is and it's taken a lot of stuff to to make that change because I mean a lot of people have suffered because it wasn't available to them oh yeah off of pain medications and things like that and like I mean I don't want to speak ill will about the police but I was in Norman the other night and I totally I mean I got my rights totally like they pulled me out of the car for no reason no probable cause just a traffic stop and illegally searched me and my friend and my car oh wow and then they had a feel like and, and then after they didn't find anything um they still wrote us the tickets and basically I mean technically stole $250 from me um then we have a conversation I mean, like just how backwards thinking they still are even after we voted on it and said it's legal like for them to say it's just as bad as meth or as heroin or whatever. I'm like, are you seriously talking to me like this right now? Like, you believe that? Wow. Like, that's the Kool-Aid that you drink? I'm like, all right, man. Like, we can agree to disagree. But they get, like, crazy about it. And I really was standing my ground about my rights, about not having to be pulled out of my car. But the cop, like, put his hand on his gun. I'm like, bro, I'm not, go I'm not about that life. I'm not trying to get shot wow. right now. Wow. I'm like, this happens. And it... And it happens all over the place. And I, like I said, I lived in St. Louis, and everybody knows what went on in St. Louis. Like, I saw that firsthand. Like, I see the things that they complain about firsthand. Like, that stuff happens, for real. Like, I've been victim to it, and I'm a white person, so, like, if you want to say black or white or whatever, it's not. Like, it's just how it goes down down there. If you're in the wrong spot, they just assume, like, everybody's doing bad. Mm -hmm. So, and I mean, I've been... Tried to co been co tried to been coerced into like giving witness against somebody 
not even involving, like, had nothing to do with it, but, like, that's what they were doing that day. They were serving warrants and trying to get information, and they tried to scare me, like, they were like, oh, this white kid's gonna get scared. Like, no, I, I know what to do. Like, I'm smarter than you, but okay. Um, but it's just, it's, it's some of the craziest stuff. Um, and, again, it just doesn't need to happen. I'm not trying to get political about it, but it's just things that have happened to me, and, like, if it happens to you, you should probably speak about it. Oh, yeah. Not be quiet about it, like, because that's the kind of stuff that, why stuff goes on, because people are scared to talk about it, so. Yeah, and I know with a, with a, with a law changing with cannabis and things like that, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that there's, you know, some people who are very, very against that, and so, I mean, I'm assuming that that's, that is kind of a hot-button issue with a, you know, with a lot of people. Right, yeah, and I mean, and again, until those kind of things happen to the right people, it's not going to change. Like, if that happened, but it wouldn't, but, like, if that happened to, say, my six-year-old father, and he was just, and then the cop did, I mean, it's, but they thought, I mean, we're in Norman, so they probably thought we were some college kids or whatever. Like, no, you didn't know. You just pulled up on a 34-year-old and a 40-something-year-old. Like, we're adults. We know what we're doing. We know how to talk to you, and you don't know how to respond other than to get defensive and say that the, the Supreme Court said that they have the right to pull me out of the car. Mm-hmm. I'm like... My attorney has told me for, for verbatim that odor from the vehicle is not probable cause for a search or seizure. Interesting. Yeah. So, and then that's when they were like, no, that's not true. I'm like, okay, well, we'll find out. So, but again, at the very end, like, this is not what this is about, but we kind of just dove oh, yeah. off into a different <laughs> That's a okay. Different that's <laughs> so, but yeah, in saying that, like, so I'm planning on doing kind of a more artisanal style of uh, dispensary and grow. So not some super commercial thing. I mean, eventually, but like I'm more into making it organic and clean and the best of it can be. Oh, yeah. Intermingling the music industry into it, like doing licensing deals with producers that I know and artists that I know and things like that. So that's kind of another, just another aspect plan. Um, Yeah, that I have going on, so that should be coming soon. So it'll be uh, the Copper Pot by Von Geese. So yeah, and then as far as do you, do you have plans to do certain like certain events or have art, you know, certain kinds of art? I mean, displayed? it'll be yeah, it'll be displayed in my facilities, and then I mean, really, I'm I'm open for anything, and like I'm I don't sleep much, so I work all the time. <laughs> I work. Like, I do construction during the day and art at night and other things during the middle of the day whenever I have time. So, trying to work on making sure my club up in St. Louis gets off and running to a good start, hopefully. And then I can, then I can stop doing construction and I can do more focused on other things I need to focus or want to focus on necessarily. Not that construction is bad, it's just it's a lot of time. So, and, uh, and then just see where it goes from there. Oh, yeah. And as far as your interest in music, I don't know if you want to speak to that a little bit, just as far um, as your... I mean, I've been involved in music for my entire life. I started playing classical bass in fourth grade and all the way through high school. I was going to go to college and play, but then other things happened and um, played in a band and all that kind of stuff. And then I've always had interest in more like R&B, hip-hop music and stuff like that, so... I've always been, like, since 16, I had a small indie label with a buddy, and then that one didn't really, like, we didn't know what we were doing, we were young, so whatever. 
And then when I moved back, or moved to St. Louis, then I got linked in with a bunch of people up there. And again, like, I was managing and executive producing and things like that. And I do writing sessions. And, like, again, I, I have creativity and things like that. It's just, it's hard. And to be in that side of music industry, like, as a white guy, I'm not, like, being, oh, it's unfair, I'm a white guy. But, like, it's, you're, it's the opposite side of the coin. Like, you are, look, like, Sometimes they're like, you're the police. Like, I'm not the police, <laughs> Like, that's not me. But, um, and so, yeah, I mean, but I, I love creating. Like, that's the thing. Like, I love to create. So anything that I, and again, you get the emotional feel from it and connection. Like, not all rap music has got that. I mean, it's not all great, but there's some great ones out there. So, there's, I mean, there's... There's people to listen to still, even though like the new age stuff is kind of like watering it down. But again, that's just and that's the industry doing it because they're they're trying to keep it stupid and mm. dumb because that's how they sell it. And the people who try to elevate it, I mean, unless they do it on their own, it's not getting out there really. Um, so that's a passion of mine is trying to like push it to where it needs to be. Again, because I mean, it started out more conscious than it is now. Now it's like unconscious because they're on all these drugs. But <laughs> and I don't want to be against drugs. Like people do whatever they want to do. Yeah. But like when that's all you have to talk about, then you don't have anything to talk about to me. Yeah. So. Yeah, and, I, and it's interesting that you talk about that in terms of conscious music. I mean, that's something that I've always I've had a real interest in. I don't know I don't you know know much about music or creating music or creating music. I know what I like, but it's just that whole idea that definitely struck a nerve when you said conscious music, because I'm sitting here thinking, you know, you think about like conscious art, conscious music, and, you know, merging, you know, combining a lot of these things together, how powerful that can be for people, or, right. you know, creating a community. And, mm-hmm. and I get it, that partially, I think, comes from me, the type of learning that I was more astute at, like, again, like school is taught the same way to everybody, but not everybody learns the same way. So, like, I remember back in high school like teachers were trying to give me bad grades because I wouldn't take notes but I'm like do you want me to be successful in this class or do you want me to just take notes because you want me to take notes and they're like well what do you mean I'm like if I have to sit here and write while you're saying like I'm not going to understand like I don't learn that way I learn by seeing and doing and touching and feeling so same thing with music and art like you're seeing and touching and feeling so that's where that gets me to is like that's how I learn to feel and learn things and you just tell me to go read a book, like, I don't, I, I'll have to read it ten times, and things like that, so, um, not that that's a bad thing, but just not everybody is, that's not how they interpret information, so, um, like, I had to prove it to my teachers most of the time, I'd be like, first, up until the first big test, don't let me, like, make me not, uh, don't make me take notes, don't make that into my grade, and if I do less than an A on the test, you can make me take notes. And I would always ace the test. And then they then make me take notes. People get mad at me. Like, why do you have to take notes? They're like, don't worry about it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, I got this. That's cool, though, that you figured out the way that works for you, though. Yeah. You know, I mean, well, you kind of have to when, when it's forced on you for so long and it's not working. And, like, you want to do well in school. Like, nobody wants to do bad in school. Even people who do bad in school don't want to do bad in school. So... Yeah. And then as far as I was just going to ask you, I don't know if you had any thoughts about the, just the music scene here in Oklahoma City, you know, just due to the fact that you're here. And... Um, I mean, 
I have done some dealing, but again, it's so disconnected from the first time, and I'm not really haven't really plugged too much back into Oklahoma's music scene as much, just because I've been involved doing other things a little bit. And again, most of my music interests are in St. Louis too, because I still deal with a lot of artists that I were dealing with up there. It just wasn't something that was getting pushed or whatever. But like, I have a guy up there right now that I mean. If I can make it happen, I would love to make it happen for this guy. He's a hard worker, and he's really good, and he's, again, more conscious guy. But he comes from, like, the bad area up in North St. Louis and stuff like that. And, but he's still got it, like, he's still a good guy. He's not, like, some of the other experiences I've had with other people from those areas, like, like the ones that just want to finesse and get over and do all that kind of stuff. So, like... It's a thing up there. Like they talk about it. Like it's they're proud to be a finesse or whatever. Like, <laughs> like, I don't even get that. Like that's like saying I'm proud of being a bank robber. Wow. Wow. So, um, but whatever. I mean, it's it's cool. But I mean, I'm excited about a lot of stuff this year. Like this should be hopefully a much turned around year from what I've experienced of late. So. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, I mean, and, I, and I'm really, this has been very uh, enlightening for me and very inspiring in terms of, you know, talking to someone who's created works of art like this, and yet this is not, you know, this is not just what you're limited to. This is not just, there's so many more aspects of you than just this. And while I know this is, this is clearly, I can hear, you know, I'm hearing from you, this is very important to you, and it's part of your creative process and how you live life, but that there's so much more to you than that. Yeah, I mean, Everybody wants to see, think that there's more to them, so I, just, I like to prove it too. Yeah. So, um, and again, like not everything that I do is great, so but not everything everybody does is great, so it's fine. Like the more great you can do, I feel, I feel better about it. So and then from there, I mean, it, as again, it's not all about money, but when money comes, then there's more opportunity. So, um, and I mean, I, I want to like give back in ways that not necessarily for my community specifically but communities that I um, feel drawn to like I was in the rug business for a long time so I've done a lot of dealings in India and stuff like that and I just that place to me is like it's hard like to see what happens over there like to these people and it's so backwards Um, like it's a very religious country but the people with the money, like, they don't give back to anything. They take and 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 all these people. There's so many people and, like, they have the second highest GDP in the world next to China and they can't take care of their people. Yeah. Like, you got billionaires building skyscraper homes in the middle of these slums and then these kids, like, to them it's just, they're just peasants, whatever, but it's like, this is your community and, like, you're mad that that's happening, but you won't help them. And you, I mean, I don't know that much about the religion, but like one thing I do know about it is they're the second richest one in the world next yeah. to the Vatican. Um, and they don't help their own people. They basically steal from their people. Mm-hmm. Um, they force them, force them, but make them think that they have to sacrifice their hair twice a year. And the real sacrifice would be then they burn it. But they don't burn it. They turn it around and they sell it. Uh-huh. Like raw diamonds. Because their hair is the most sought after. Fake, not fake, but real. Like extension hair. Oh, and it's like okay. a multi-billion dollar industry. And they can't help their people. 
Mm. So, I, again, I don't get it. Yeah, and the saddest part of all to me is to think about the fact that, you know, that, that uh, you know, the, the dominant religion there, there's so much, there's so much uh, focus on consciousness, and yet, yeah, but I realize then, but then you got modern life and everyday life and mm-hmm. a capitalist system, and yeah, that's good old America for you. Yeah, wow, wow, yeah, and it's, and I understand that there's sometimes just, you know, it's just a full time job to find water every day or just to find, you know, just to be able to find enough food to get, you know, to get through the day. Yeah, I mean, there's places all over the world that are like this, but I'm just, this is just one that I feel I could like some sort of connection to, not like that I've never lived any of that kind of lifestyle, but again, just, I mean, my business, our business has made money off of the labor that they put in. And, and again, you see like everything, everybody has to make a buck, but like, again, the, the difference between one to the other, it's just kind of, I mean, what, when I've sold them over the years, like people will always be so concerned, like, is this made by a child? Like, the only way I can explain it is like an artisan trying to learn a, a trade. Yeah, there are children making these things, but they're not forced to. Like it's it's a trade that they're learning to learn through life because you can't just pick it up at 20 and think you can start weaving rugs. Like you have to get that muscle memory probably pretty early. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I can tie the knots, but I couldn't sit there and do it for a year. <laughs> is it almost kind of like an apprenticeship type? I don't, I don't want to over-glamorize it, but... It, I mean... I don't know if it's so much. I mean, I don't see how they pay them or don't pay them. But you have your master weavers, and then you have your weavers, and you have like there's just there's skill level differences. Like there's a guy guys who can weave these 100% silk combs that are like 900 knots per square inch, or there's your standard like Indian ushak, which is like a remake of an antique Pakistani piece, um, but they're very large knots, so those wouldn't take near as much time. But again, it's it's a textural thing and like whatever. So it's not meant to be tight. It's meant to look a certain way and be chunkier, or fatter yarn versus super, super like hair fine silk. So, um, but yeah, like a starting out weaver couldn't do that piece. Like it, they, most of the time back in the day, like they would literally take it from a drawing and then the artisan would just take the drawing and then make it huge and then add the border and like just, totally created from that one small, like almost like a, a thumbnail shot of what the rug would look like. Hmm. So, and some of them are super detailed and some of them are not as detailed, but you can think what like a thousand knots per square inch would be like. It's pretty fine. Serious craftsmanship. Yeah. I mean, it is. And people don't understand why they're so expensive. They're just like, it's just a rug. I'm like, no, it's not just a rug. <laughs> it's a piece of art. That you can walk on. Yeah. That you won't destroy because you walked on it. Now some are more delicate than others. Like 100%, 100% silk piece is more delicate in the, the dyeing process because silk is not as porous so it doesn't hold it as much. So if you wash it a bunch of times, you'll wash it out. But like a wool rug, it's pretty much color fast. It's, so unless you stain it with something, it's really, you can't hurt it. Hmm. So, and then you've got the days of now that everybody just wants to buy the cheapest, lowest common denominator. And because they think they're just going to ruin it and throw it away because they don't know how to keep their kids from spilling stuff all over it. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure I remember when I was younger growing up, like, if I spilled my juice, my grandma would clean it up first and then be like, don't ever do that again. And if it happened again, you get your ass back. <laughs> Whatever. Like, take care of my stuff. Yeah. And, like, oh, man. People don't know how to take care of stuff. <laughs> like, yeah, I can just throw it away. I just throw it away. 
And then I was also, uh, it, it would be very interesting too to hear just uh, before you, I mean, when you found out that you were going to be displaying this work here, it would be really interesting. Was, was there any certain feelings that came up, you know, when you, with, with the thought or the prospect? That was going to be shown? Yeah. I mean, I was super happy. Like, it's, again, like we said at the beginning, like what I want is somebody to appreciate what I did. And again, it's not what it was for. It wasn't like I'm going to do this. I'm going to go out there and put it out in the world. Like really, I just was doing it and my mom my mom's always been supportive pretty much. I mean I could <laughs> do whatever and she would be fine with it but like but it, it there was interest there and then her friends liked it and like she would she kind of kind of put it out there first like she she's the one that showed it to Helen and I mean I've showed it to pretty much anybody who would look at it at the house but I'm not like inviting like hey come see my art <laughs> and they're like you're at my house you're like, they're like oh, that's really cool whatever. so again like the more of that that you get, yeah, I mean, it, it makes you happy and makes you feel like you actually accomplished something with it also being what it was, which was just an outlet for my emotion and therapy for my emotion and stress and whatever, so. Yeah, I really honor your willingness to do that. You know, it's something that I, and I, I feel like, you know, it, it, it takes uh, a bit of, of, of willingness and openness to share that with the world. I, I've definitely talked to artists before that have had a lot of reservation or, and I know for me, I probably there, you know, if I, if I thought about actually sharing something that I created, there probably would be a little bit of hesitation. Oh, I mean, I, I would say the younger version of me definitely would have been a lot more hesitant. I would, cause I mean, I grew up with undiagnosed probably like social anxiety and stuff like that just because again this is the type of family like we didn't go to the doctor that often we didn't go to therapy we didn't do all that stuff so like who knows who knows what today I would have been diagnosed with like I could be on 15 different medications or whatever who knows but I just fought through it and got through it and through everything that I've gone through like it just creates who you are um and I've been through a good fair amount of stuff so um and that's why some of these things look as crazy as they do but uh people seem to appreciate and like it and understand it and so I feel like I did what I was supposed to do with it yeah so yeah. and I mean I mean I, I'm a very big believer like this didn't come from me like this came from God like it literally was not it was I would only be able to, like, it's, like, out of body when you're doing it, like, because you don't, I don't, it's when I don't think. Like, when I think is when I almost take no action because I'm thinking too much about what I'm supposed to do. So this is, like, where I don't have to think and I just get into it. And then what comes out, comes out, and then I like it or don't like it. If you don't like it, just redo it or do it, do something over it. So... Yeah, I really honor that too because it sounds like that's you know the, the the willingness to just kind of turn it off up you know upstairs so to speak or to not get so caught up and you're it's almost like sometimes I think the thoughts can get really debilitating can't they mm -hmm. if you're trying to really think through this and script it out and you want it to go a certain way but it sounds like you've gotten very comfortable at just kind of letting it letting it happen and, and that that's true yeah like so again like just overcoming the not not embarrassment but like what caring what people are going to think like that's once I got to that and it's not like a so much I don't care what you think it's just I'm going to do me and if you like it great if you don't there's seven plus billion other people then 
you might like them. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, again, it's not like a pompous thing or whatever. It's just, I can only be me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and I think in this day and age where, you know, we live in an, in, in an era when they're, you know, uh, identity and everything is branded and there's such a, you know, it feels like there's such a pressure to be someone or something and, and the fact that you can just actually be okay with I mean to me that's no small thing anymore that I think that in the day and age that we live in when you can be okay with that and mm-hmm. that you're willing to put this out and share it and you're also willing to be who you are and just you know people either you know get it or they don't is uh, it's not a small thing I think you know I definitely I definitely honor that appreciate it yeah I really appreciate you taking the time man it's been great talking to you and uh, sure, taking some time to share your story and your art and thank you so much thank you for the opportunity you man. betcha yeah. thanks man of course Really appreciate it. Yeah.